Hello and welcome to the Orca Podcast, our fourth episode covering and finishing off Can- Survivor Canberra 1. I have to remember to say it correctly because Dan and Liv will be on here shortly and I'm sure I've been told by Ma that I will get a slap on the wrist if I say Canberra Survivor. So you're going to say Survivor Canberra. I've been saying it for four weeks. I've been doing a good job of it. We're finishing off our coverage on Canberra Survivor, um, the third season that we've been covering in the Orca Countdown. Um, and then, as you know, if you've been watching, next, and I don't know if it's going to be this month, I might have a slight break over the Christmas period, but sometime we'll be starting, and you'll see when we announce it, uh, the fourth season that we're covering, Backyard Survivor Exile, season three there. So you still got some time to binge it if you haven't before we start our coverage. And then after that, I've decided uh, it will be appropriate to start the countdown. We had four seasons um, at the bottom that we've looked at that didn't make the top seven, but I don't think anyone from Melbourne Survivor is going to be bothered that, you know, that's where season one was. And it's great as great as this season has been um, in terms of the votes and what was done, Canberra have gone on to do bigger and better things. And I know we'll see them later in the countdown, so I'm sure there won't be an offence. And same for backyard so we'll start the countdown for real but i'll be announcing what came set seven uh, uh sometime during the exile coverage so it's the final part of our show it's been an excellent four weeks of coverage i want to thank jules for the deep dive we did first week i want to thank jeremy for coming on and doing a full uh deep dive of his game and and everything about it and his fantastic win and ma of course the winner of canberra too joined me for that and gave her wonderful insights are such a strong winner. Uh, and then the tea party, the best tea party we've done, we've done three, so, you know, there's more to come, but Annabelle's hot tea show with Dom, Popo and Ash was fantastic. Um, highlight of my my uh, approach was when uh, Dom basically told Hoppo how, you know, his feelings, his real emotional hurt feelings and how he felt sad. And Hoppo gave him absolutely fucking nothing in a response. And that's why they're on the Orca pod. Uh, and that's why they're on the tea party. But tonight we're doing the awards and we might have some special guests and people that have maybe won awards or are eligible. But uh, what I'm doing is I'm going to bring in um, the hosts of Canberra and we can go through the awards and who they think maybe the audience has voted for, and then I'll be revealing the winners. So let me bring in the hosts and creators. Uh, we'll talk, we'll do the awards, and then we'll catch up with them and talk to them about everything that made this first season of Quebec Canberra Survivor happen. So without further ado, let me welcome Dan. <laughs> Sorry, I caught you. <laughs> Liv, if you're ready. And Liv. Hello, welcome. Hey, hey thank you. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks Hi. so much for having us. No, I'm, I'm excited. Um, you know, I'm a Survivor tragic. I like to pretend that I know everything, but I'm fresh off a drunk Viva pre, pre-merge vote. So that's not pre-merge boot, so that's not amazing. But anyway, I was playing drunk yeah, Funnily enough, I, I saw a clip of that today. So um, I was incredibly drunk. It's a very poor way to play Survivor, I can tell you. <laughs> um, I thought that the name someone... of the game if it's for drunk Viva, though, I guess, right? That's right. I was sure that uh, someone had voted for me, one of these people I hadn't met. And I, in the first vote, it didn't matter. Like, it was just a dinky vote. But I accused him, like, 63 times of voting for him. And uh, it, it, in the end, it was my closest ally, CM, from um, Melbourne 2, who voted for me and was my closest ally. But he just did it because he knew it would make me paranoid as shit. And he's absolutely right. Um, so anyway. Yeah, he got me. All right. So, the awards. 
First Ooh, one, yeah. I want to get your thoughts, and then I'll tell you what the audience said. Okay. Okay. The question was MVP of the season. Who do you guys think? Ooh. Yeah, I'll get straight into it. Holy moly. Okay. The big one. The big boy. Or girl. Um, that is really hard for me. Um, what the who audience? Who would the who would audience? Yeah, the audience. You don't have to the audience. The audience. audience. Yeah. It's what the audience thinks. So you have to. Yeah, we're just predicting what the audience thought. Yeah. 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 So I mean, we're I remaining have... unbiased. Yeah, yeah I feel like I have unbiased. a biased. <laughs> I have a biased opinion. <laughs> if I don't say Jeremy, he might be a bit upset. Mm-hmm. Um. You want to go with Jeremy? So I would have to go with Jeremy. I mean, he's in what the other band. I think, yeah, I think the audience would have voted for Jeremy. I think it also would have helped to get, like, his deep dive. You went so far into his game and his thoughts on the game. So I think that would have really enlightened people if there's anything they missed from the season about everything that he did um, on the season as well. So I think that would have helped and they would have voted for him. Is is Jeremy is Jeremy in the other room? Is that what you just told me? Do <laughs> <laughs> we bring Jeremy in? We live in the same house. Can we bring Jeremy in for, for Wait, this? Wait, are you roommates? What's going on here? I know, we're roommates. Yeah. Can, we, can we bring him in? Is that viable? Jess, I don't know. Should I go and get him? Yes, go and get him. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I can hear him coming. Good, good. Because <laughs> he may have won this. I don't know yet. We'll have to see. So what I can tell you is <laughs> that... He's watching. Hey, what... <laughs> What I can tell you is that um, Brad got one vote. Dom got one vote. Surely that vote was from Dom. Would have to assume. Uh, <laughs> he deserved it. Uh, Ashley got four votes. Yeah. Uh, Charlene got four votes. Yeah. Uh, but the, the winners were a tie of the man standing behind you. And who I put, and the man who I think was actually the MVP of the game, Ben. Welcome, Ben. Oh, hey. Ben. Hi. Oh, I feel left out. I didn't have my buff on. You're, you're <laughs> I only put it on because I saw Liv had it. So. Oh, <laughs> yes. Go on somewhere. So, Cody, well done. Jeremy and uh, Ben. Look, we talked a lot about Jeremy. I brought you in because it's fine. I found out you were there, but I didn't bother bringing you in this because we talked about you so much with the big, big, deep dive. <laughs> yeah. um, but we've got Ben here, and I wanted to take a moment to talk about um, Ben and his game, which I, he hasn't watched the coverage. But we know that everyone that I've had on here doing the the podcast has been the biggest fan of Ben's game. In my view, you were the MVP. You were the best player. That's why they took you out at four. You'd wipe the floor <laughs> with all of them. Um, Great, you had great plays across the board. You had great reads. You got idols and hid them appropriately. Um, you had great alliances. People were loyal to you. They stayed loyal to you, even though you were such a huge threat. I was just blown away by the, the strategic and social game you played across the entire uh, affair. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate all the kind words. Um, <laughs> that's, that's so lovely. It's, I, I really appreciate uh, being tied with Jeremy. Um, it's a gracious crown to hold for MVP. Um, but I'm also glad people could like see the game I was trying to play, and uh, like I had so much fun playing. Um, like 
the first season. It was incredible. And funnily enough, I was actually going through footage on my computer today and I found the footage of the like final immunity challenge, the like perception is reality moment. Um, <laughs> so I, I did relive that today, unfortunately. So <laughs> that, that was also another incredible effort. Um, you know, you, you got through the planking and the uh, ball throwing thing. And you, sorry. Know, you think that I'm I'm not somebody who gets through planking, and I'm not somebody who gets through <laughs> running. So the fact that and I got through either of them was like insane. <laughs> and one of them you beat you beat Brad, and Brad's a, you know yeah. he looks like a guy who's good at running, right? Like yeah, yeah, switch. just terrible at aiming apparently. So <laughs> um, so yeah, I I I can't talk more highly about the game you played, particularly um, the characters around this. You had people that were like super fans looking to play very orca games, which we love here, like Hoppo, Ash, and Dom. And then yep. you had people that basically seemed to know nothing about the game that were playing really emotional games based on what matters to them about trust and loyalty. And you were able to be – and then you had people like Keegan who played three times before, and you were able to really like – didn't matter if they were – a fresh-faced person to Survivor or an absolute super fan or someone trying to be a villain, you were able to build a connection and a bond and use that to progress yourself in the game, which is the best sort of player. Yeah, I, I, I think that's probably the thing that I'm like most proud of was my ability to connect with everybody and get a read on kind of where everybody's heads were at in the game. I feel like a lot of the times when I was like making strategic decisions, it was using all of the knowledge that I had of how much knowledge they have of the show of fan-made games of like where their positioning is in the game compared to where it actually like where they think it is compared to where it actually is which is also like hard to do when it's a two-day game like the that that first night I went to I went to bed and by went to bed I mean stayed up for like four hours going okay what do I know about these people who are they aligned with like what's going to happen when we get to day two like I was constantly on, um, and I don't think I switched off until <laughs> until I lost the final immunity, and I was like, probably going home, gonna try fight for it, but uh, ultimately, obviously, did not did not snag um, a seat at final tribal council. Um, I, I know that feeling absolutely. When I played playing with fire, and I reached the the merge, I bet could not get to sleep um, in the <laughs> merge night because I'm just thinking is... about all the permutations and who's what, and then I realized I was completely fucked. And then I like, <laughs> you're right. Then I came to the conclusion that Laurel had the idol and just accused her of it the next day, which was incorrect. But this is the sort of thing I do. But, the, but that's, you like, you get in your head, like you, you start to like think about it and you overthink it through. And it's just like, like, I, like you convince yourself that things are true and that things aren't true. Um, like there was a part of me when I went to, bed on the first night I was like what if Charlene is going to cut me first thing in the morning like what if that mm. happens I didn't think it was true but there was a part of me that was like it could happen it could happen well, before we before we send you away That's with your good, though, ben. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. got to think about all the possibilities so, uh, That's right. before we go to anyway I want to talk about the final vote out mm. it seemed like and talking about Charlene cutting you you seemed like it actually did cut you a bit to have Charlene vote you out. Um, and, you know, you, yeah. it didn't even look like you were even thinking about voting for her. Was that a really painful vote out? Uh, I, it was incredibly painful. I, I think, like I said, I, like, kind of had an idea I wasn't going to make it through once I lost um, the final immunity. But there was still that hope in the back of my head that 
Charlene might force fire. Um, and I was that that was kind of like the last little piece of hope that I was holding on to. Um, and I think it was it was a throwaway. We've talked about it before, Charlene and I, but it was like a throwaway comment at tribal council that she made that I went, oh no, she's she's voting me. Like I'm I'm going home here. And it hurts purely because so close to the end, somebody that I've been like so loyal to the entire time. Like, like it hurts. It sucks. Like, but I think because of how quickly the turnover is from like immunity challenge, then into a little bit of strategy, vote out. And then like, I was on the, I was maybe talking to jury members for like, like I wasn't talking to people for a long time. So I was still the, like the freshest in the jury. I was still sitting in my feelings and like, yeah, the, like I, I look back at it now and like, I wish that I voted for Charlene because she did play a phenomenal game and like she played me in the end. Like it was, it was really well done. Um, but at the time I was just so hurt because yeah. I was like, damn it. Like we said in the coverage before um, when, when we did the catch up with um, Jeremy and mm-hmm. talked about how great Jeremy's game was. And what I loved about Jeremy's game to recap was I think his tribal council is one of the best that we've ever seen in LRG. And I think you'll struggle to see anyone in this community play a final transfer so well. And because what Brad was expected to be sort of the winner and he sort of gave a, like, this is what I'm saying. And he had it all planned out and he just read from the script. It was fine. But Jeremy came in and reacted to everyone's responses perfectly and sort of gave them the answer they were looking for, but with something that was genuine based on the way he had played. And that's how you do a great final travel council. Charlene had a great game, but seemed to not have any idea she had a great game and therefore managed to completely undersell herself. And I felt that her only chance was if you believed, if you if you decided to spruik to those guys. Now, Charlene's really great because X, Y, Z, then she might have had a chance, but I felt she needed you for that. I, I feel like if it was like a regular survivor and like I had the like 24 hour turnover period to like sit and think about it, I probably would have been like campaigning so hard for Charlene on that jury. Um, but purely because of how small that like turnover rate is, I was still just so, so in my feelings, but I could look back on it in like retrospect and be like, no, she played a phenomenal game. And I am very sad that she didn't get a vote because she deserved at least one vote, if not several more for the game that she played not to take anything from jeremy so but if she gets a vote then we don't get the ghost island finish which was the most iconic perfect finish for this season and she got the final say with that wonderful vote out uh, where she says um these she doesn't say this it's me paraphrasing but these motherfuckers don't care about loyalty and honesty but i do and now it's my vote that counts and that's where i'm voting you know like i I remember I remember afterwards uh Dan Dan was talking about it and he's like Charlene's speech when she gives that final vote is phenomenal and I cannot wait for people to like experience that once it happens uh and watching that because we did like the live viewing party for the season one finale and like watching that live all together was like it, it was incredible it really was a great end to a season that was filled with so many tied votes and so many like weird votes um that I, I, I wish I got more votes, but it's also a really good ending as well, yeah. like story-wise for the season. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, well I just want to say th- thank you so much. We don't normally talk to the award people this long, but we hadn't had a chance to catch up with you, Ben, in your season um, that I wanted to have, have a little chat with you. Love. And I knew 
you know, once I knew you were getting this award, tied with Jeremy is well deserved. Um, so that's what it's all freaking out. Really five, all right, so I want to say thank you, Jeremy. Congratulations, Jeremy, and thank you, Benjamin. Congratulations. Well done, thank Ben. You. Thank, you. thank you. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Hi. That went a while, but I, I, I wanted to really catch up with Ben, as I said. So now we have the it's Annabelle Award. Yeah, it is. It is very the Annabelle Award yeah. for the best pre-merge boot. Now this can obviously one be won by Emily, Janine, Aston, Rose, or Carleen. Rose is already a winner of this award, having won it for Melbourne Survivor One when she went out at exactly the same place as she went out in this season. Do you think she's repeated the position or do you think that maybe we have a different one? I think I would say Aston's probably got this one. So I think Rose played an amazing game considering she was only there for four tribal councils. Absolutely amazing. But I think Aston might get the votes on this one. What do you think? I agree. I would it is Aston. Welcome, Aston. Hey. Yo. <laughs> best pre-merge best boot. I think hands down, um, you there's we in two or three episodes, three episodes, three. I think three. Yeah, yeah. it was yeah, three. It was three. You were dominating those 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 episodes. You were going to travel pretty much every one of them, I think, and you were the godfathering the whole thing until it all fell apart. Um, I think I think as I'm sure. Look, this is my view as a viewer, and I think Dan Live would have views as a creator, but I think you actually hold the season on your shoulders a bit for those first two episodes because you're the most interesting storyteller who's trying to do quite dynamic things as opposed to just uh, go with the numbers or whatever, which, which tends to be how people play. Because for the particularly the first-time players, um, everyone wants to, like, you know, make it far. And everyone knows to play good Survivor, you shouldn't be big at the start. So when someone goes out and is big, that often can make you a target, which happened, but it made the st initial story and your tribe story so interesting and compelling. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I just didn't want to be one of those people that tits around, does nothing, and then ends up backed in the corner. I just wanted to, you know, if I was going to go out, I wanted everyone to have a reason to vote me out, if that makes sense. And they did. It's because you're too scary. That's a good reason to get voted out, right? Too good, mm -hmm. Gary. <laughs> well, before before I let you go, um, you are also eligible for the next award. Everyone's eligible. Well, not everyone's eligible. This is who, which one-time player would you like to see again? Um, so you're eligible for this. Um, and this is obviously only current two seasons that have aired. I don't know who or what is in other things, but for the reasons that have said, the people that couldn't be voted for this obviously were Keegan. Rosemary, um, uh, Emily. Yeah, I think those three. They were the ones that were ineligible. Um, so, Dan, Lib, who do you think the fans, there's a bit, a bit of a spread here. Who do you think the fans would like to see play again? I'm thinking, uh, I'm thinking Ben for this one. Yeah, we're we talking over the whole, the whole yeah, yeah, yeah. cast. Yeah. Um... Ben? I'm going to say there's got to be a vote for Dom in there. <laughs> there's one vote for Dom in there. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's one. 
<laughs> Don's actually got 15%. Uh, okay. And Ben has, ben has 15%. Um, okay. But there's actually people with more votes. There's actually a tie at 25%. Uh, and that is Charlene and Aston. Hey, what's that? Yeah. The, the fans like want right? <laughs> and, and look, you know, the fans here, Madison was very excited you won that prior award. The 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 OG Orca, the, the show this the player this show is named after, James the Orca Wolf, uh says because you're the OG Canberra Survivor villain. So um obviously you're a popular man and I know you've been following our show and commenting weekly, so I was so excited that you've won these awards and to get you on and to um give you the, the real kudos you deserve. Now you get me saying you're great and that's probably worth like 80% goodness, but an award's good too, right? I'll take it. <laughs> well, hopefully we get to see you play again one day. The audience absolutely wants to see it. Um, so I just want to say thank you for joining and for jumping in, make yourself available, um, and we'll move on with the awards. So well done, Aston, on those two awards. See you in the comments section. Thank you. Okay, so just... Now we have great, great choices on those ones, by the way. Like, I think the viewers have nailed it on like which players have really good potential. Like, Aston, obviously, people could see his potential and what he can do in the game. And Charlene played an amazing game, maybe didn't have the best final trouble council, but they could see what she could, she, what she was capable of as well, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the next vote was Is this season too low or just right in the rankings? Too low means it should be in the top five. Of oh, too low. Come on. What are you talking about? <laughs> no reason to be biased here, but too low. Come on. <laughs> I can tell you that too low won. So the hey. fans were broken. Where were they when they were voting for the actual seasons? But anyway. Right. Uh, right. So like, okay. Um, okay. On a scale of one to 11, one being the best. Where would you rank Jeremy? And you have to watch the other ones, but otherwise, just give me a number. Where would you rank Jeremy's game compared to that of the other ten LRG winners? I want to say I've watched about seven or maybe seven of them. Um, I would rate him like maybe second or third, maybe. I've only watched a couple, so I'll have to go with you, Dan. Um, maybe, so maybe I'll go third. Yeah, it's hard for me to rank this year because I've only got three ranks. I did them, but my personal rank for Jeremy is third. Um, that's my personal rank. And out of the eleven, out of the eleven, yeah. Um, and the uh, we've currently got the fans voting. They gave Toby a six point three three, so they think he's better than Toby. Though most people, have, unless you watch the coverage, you don't know Toby's game because it's only forty hard minutes long. Yeah, yeah, but if you talk to him, watch their coverages. That's actually a pretty impressive game. Um, but people at this stage rank Sally's game in backyard one over Jeremy by point two. I don't really see that, but you know, who am I to question democracy? Yeah, yeah. Um, and but we'll see how that flows in as we get more votes and more seasons done. And now the most important award of all. Uh, all of these are basically meaningless, but the award that matters is the Orca Award, the Bromelow Medal, named after Ethan Bromelow, the inaugural winner from Sydney Survivor. Now, the fans do get to vote for this, and I take the fans' votes, and they get a 3-2-1, but really they just get a 3-2-1, 
that goes with all the orc councils three two one because that's it's more of an oligarchy of orcs less of a democracy on this award um now i can't do the amazing job that annabelle does as to explaining what orcs are it's pretty spectacular when she does it. And sadly, she has another podcast commitment tonight. She has many podcast commitments now that she's a real reality TV star. She's a celebrity um, now, of course. She's now a celebrity. She's got yeah. a real <laughs> podcast, like actually appearing on RHAP instead of my, like, my hook thing. Um, but uh, it's actually about being narcissistic. It's about being all about yourself. It's about being over the top. It's about... Um, not playing incredibly well because you're just so obsessed with yourself and self-interest um, and being big and bold and brash. Uh, so the, the ultimate votes for this, Ben got actually a vote. I guess people thought he was a little bit awkward. I can see it. And uh, this is probably okay. combining the Orca Council with the actual um, the votes, the 3-2-1 that the crowd gave. Hoppo got three. I can see it. Um, Isaac got six votes. A lot of people love the hangover, didn't show up to the next day behavior <laughs> for an orca. Um, just doesn't give a shit. Uh, I know you like to believe he had COVID, Dan, but I've never met a single person on this cast that thinks that way besides you. <laughs> um, I'm too nice, Alex, obviously. Uh, Alex, for one of her episode titles, someone said, but equally um, also uh, like, the disgusting remarks are just absolutely incredible of how disgusted she was by Dom and his his shirt taking off moment, which is the highlight of the season. Um, Ash got five votes, uh, but in a real, a real runaway here, I don't think it's any surprise that Dom is the orca of the season. He joins uh, Kevin from Melbourne 1, uh, Ethan Bromelow, the original winner, and um, from Backyard 1, he joins oh, Matt who was voted out very early and was salty as F about basically everything about the game. He kept complaining about the rules and they had the rules wrong and, you know, that wasn't his fault. <laughs> yeah, just very salty. Uh, he was able to yeah. win Backyard One's award. Um, but Dom, I think, is a clear winner here. Now, Dom could be available because he's with his, his nieces and nephews or, or something. Um, but he has prepared a video, if you just... Oh, gosh. One, oh, no. one, one second. <laughs> Here we go. Oh. oh no, I can't hear it. Hear it? I can't know. I can't hear it, CK. Oh no. Hang on, let me try. I feel something like out. I can I can I can hear it by looking at it, yeah. but I can't. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Well, the video's not working. Uh, well, thank you for letting me know about that. But he basically was as humble as you would expect. Um, yeah. Um, so that's we the love award. Dom. Yeah, we love him. Um, so but he's, he deserves that award. He was so incredible on the season as a big, big character, um, yeah. particularly at that uh, merge vote, um, an exceptional moment for the season. Um, yeah. So thank you for tuning in for the awards. And now's a chance to catch up with Dan and Liv about how this all came together, which I find really interesting when I catch up with people when it's the first season. So um, from from your perspective, was this Dan's thing? Was this Liv's thing? Is this something you got together and just really wanted to do as a pair? Uh, how did you guys come about to do the, a Survivor together? 
Oh, you're this is all, all Liv's Liv's baby, Liv's thing. <laughs> yeah, you know, like I just know so much about everything, like everything to do with the production. You know, I'm just just all, you know, my whole idea. No. Reading is... Virgin Alliance, are you telling me you just rock in, host this thing and rock out? Is that what you're telling me? I mean, look, it all, you know, it's, it's Dan's um, project and, um, I mean, he can tell the story about, you know, how he, I guess, you know, came up with the idea or not came up with the idea, but wanted to start this in Canberra. Um, but I'm, I'm just a support act and I'm, I'm, I'm the chief urn holder and really I'm just, I'm a support act for him and I'm just there to support him, you know, to, to try to create the best product that he can, but it's really, um, it, it's Dan's, um, yeah, it's Dan's project. Can I just say, she does, she does this all the time, like all the time. <laughs> she downplays her role in the whole thing and um, it, it makes it sound like she just rocks up, as you said, and hosts, but she's obviously like an integral part of the season and honestly I, of the series and I couldn't do it without her. So don't listen to her when she downplays her role in everything. That, that's probably, this is the Orca podcast. I don't want no giving people credit. You take all the credit you deserve exactly. and more and more. That's how we do it here. <laughs> Uh, well, I do everything. I just, remember, okay. <laughs> I just remember rocking up on that. I mean, I'm probably going off this a little bit because we want to come back to how it all started. Free flowing conversation. So bring up whatever you want to say. I just remember, like, when we, because so I was, have not been a Survivor fan, you know, like a lot of people since I was a young child. I mean, I got into it quite late in life, um, and it, it was through Dan, and because he used to live with Jeremy, and um, that's how I met Dan. Um, because I was going out with Jeremy, and going out with Jeremy, or is this just an awkward housemate situation? <laughs> we were still going out, yes. Um, and I, I had never watched Survivor. I knew it was on TV. I'd probably watched a couple of episodes, but never really got into it. And so, through Dan having, I think Jeremy told you the story um, when he was on, I think last week or the week before, whenever he was on your podcast, this podcast, and um, so. You know, Jeremy started watching me Survivor and then when lockdown happened, we, so in 2019, 2020, we just went ham and just, we just, we went from season one to season 40 in like a couple of months. And I just became so incredibly obsessed with the game and just with everything to do with Survivor, it was just, it just became this huge obsession. And I think through that, you know, Dan had been talking about that. I don't know, I don't know when it was, Dan, if it was that year or the next year you were talking about maybe doing, when did we film season one? We filmed in March, 2021. Yeah. But so I think we started talking about it, like maybe like even a year before that in 2020, like it was yeah. like peak lockdown. Yep. 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 And yeah, and and <laughs> our stories differ. Yeah. But Dan's story is that he we was he was talking to Jeremy about oh Jeremy you should play Survivor, and then I was in the background like what am I going to do? I want to go. Dan was like you can host with me. So um, that's how that happened. In my mind, it was like oh Liv, we should we should host together. Oh Jeremy, you should play. <laughs> It seems strange because I, I don't know about 
maybe you have a different experience with casting your seasons, Dan. But when I was I was involved in the casting of Melbourne Four, it's incredibly hard to find women. Like there's a bazillion dudes you could put on the show. So I'm surprised you're you're recruiting men and pushing the women, in, not pushing, bringing the women into yeah. the casting role. In hindsight, that was a really poor decision because. Um, obviously you saw Emily was in the cast too because yeah. we didn't have enough women um, and Emily was an alternate which was obviously Keegan's sister which is yeah. not ideal yeah. <laughs> um, so in hindsight maybe I should have been like Liv you should play like Jerry maybe you can host with me or something yeah but I think that's why it happened because I wasn't keen to play because I thought oh there's no way I can do that so I was do really feel, happy do to be do you Sorry. feel like you still feel like that? that um... Oh, 100%. Having watched it, you know, watched all the shows, plus been in live games, watching it all happen, I think it's incredible that people can do I it. Think it might. Sorry. Yeah, people try, and re- people try and recruit Liv, like, every time, like, yeah, we're yeah, performing. Uh, oh. <laughs> anyway. Look, I, think, I think that I if you played, I think if you played, you would finish second out of all the hosts that have played second about wow. all the hosts that have played uh, yeah. how are the other hosts done how, how are they well, is this sam won sam won <laughs> oh Denver. right of course of course true um uh liz is out like the uh, second or third in backyard yeah. so how did kyle do uh, kyle makes it just past merge um so yeah. i think that you would i think you'd go like mid merge live like fifth be like you finish fifth or sixth. That's my prediction. Oh, thank you. You're too nice. I, think you, I think you know the game too well, and people would figure that out. And you're too nice. For, you would have been too nice, plus played too good a bit of game to get to the end. So that's why I think you're going out five or six. Okay. All right. All right. Well, we'll see. She's not that what? nice. We play. We played a game of um, traders. <laughs> she got, she got quite nasty with some people. <laughs> okay. This is I even better. Moral compass intact. This sounds like it. There were some arguments, CK, between oh, wow. the Canberra alumni and Olivia. Um, someone in the chat might have some knowledge of that as well. Yeah, I've seen that little that little chat pop up. You know, it's like dream casting. Someone accept one of these recruitments, Liv. Absolutely. <laughs> what about you, Dan? Do you get DMs trying to recruit you to play? No one's sports? recruiting me. No one's recruiting a white man in their 30s, funnily enough. <laughs> I know, I know the feeling. Um, uh, uh the um okay so did you okay did you you said hey Liv obviously you invite so I can hear the story here you invited Jeremy into the show lives in the background going where's my opportunity and you go look you can come host with me okay did you anticipate that you guys would be such a great dynamic as co-hosts I've I've said this before when we were covering Canberra the ultimate sacrifice the co-hosting that the two of you do is so naturally strong like you don't talk over each other what you seem to be on a similar wavelength you're supporting the the concepts and as much as i love kyle and brian and backyard and i think they do a great job as co-hosts um i don't think they do it as well as you even though they've been friends for like their entire lives or whatever whereas you guys are like obviously more recent acquaintances now friends now partners um but you guys seem to have such a balanced dynamic was that a surprise when you started doing it or did you think that that's how it would play out um i like i feel like i knew when i asked Liv because i wouldn't have just asked her if she was like (laughs) 
what do I do? Like, I knew Liv would firstly be a great host. Like, she's clearly got um, a lot of charisma um, and she's great on camera as well. So I knew that she'd be a great host firstly, but we're also just like the same person in different bodies. Like, we, um, yeah, we're able to play off each other well. Um, we have the same thought. And the best part of like filming like a season is just getting to hang out with Liv and like just laughing the whole weekend. Like we just laugh the whole weekend, have a blast. So I knew it was going to work no matter what. She might think, think differently. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon it works well because Dan is so expert and I'm not. Mm. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, in, you were talking about a bit earlier in season one how you had some people who knew the game, like Ben, who knew the game just so, so, so well, and then other people who didn't know the game at all, but that kind of created a good, you know, kind of creates a good dynamic in a way. Um, so it, I feel like it, it wouldn't maybe work as well if Dan and I were at the same level, maybe. I don't know. We just I kind know. of have different, we offer different um things maybe to the discussion and um it's yeah i i i think i understand what you're saying he does more of the survivorisms that are sort of ingrained to be there because you're sort of used to saying them um but then you provide your own dynamic which is really positive i think your tribal councils are very good but i think particularly in Ultimate Sacrifice, and I know we're talking about season one here, but in Ultimate Sacrifice, your challenge commentaries together was very, very good. I think challenge okay. commentaries probably the hardest thing to do as a host on one of these LRGs. I think it's the hardest thing that any of the survivor really hosts do. You could see Jonathan LaPaglia not be very good at it in his first season and how he's improved a lot. And obviously Jeff was not like that at the start and became a bit of a master at it. And then let's be real, as good as we try and make these challenges in the LRG, sometimes they're pretty basic activities. So to, to commentate them in, in, in a way that is interesting and exciting is very difficult. And I think the two of you provide a wonderful dynamic there that keeps it a bit more interesting. That is so interesting that you say that just quickly because, Dan, don't you reckon that's probably one of the only things we don't actually, like, discuss and stress about, whereas all the other moments mm -hmm. of... That's so true. Like, we talk about the intro for weeks like ad nauseum on you know before we start and then we um we talk about you know what questions are we going to ask a tribal council like what's the theme here da, da, da. we never really talk that much about um what we're going to say during the challenge or things like that so is this just an interesting it's just kind of natural i guess yeah i, I think challenge commentary is improv so this is how good you are mm. really yeah you don't know so, what's going to happen yeah. Yeah, I always feel like we suck. Not we. I feel like I suck at challenge commentary. We, <laughs> so we have like, to we you don't think that about us. It's interesting you say that, yeah. Well, so you're saying you think you suck. You guys are just putting yourself down constantly. How do you feel when you watch this back, when you've got to edit this for hours and look at all the things you said? Do you feel good? Are you like, hey, this is actually pretty good? Yeah, for the for the first like week, I'm hating life. I'm like, I'm ugly. <laughs> I sound stupid. Like, why did I say that? And after a while, I've watched the clip, each clip like a hundred times. So I don't care anymore. Like, it is what it is. Like I said what I said, and you know, I can edit out some stupid things I said. So that's great. <laughs> I leave Liv's stupid comments in, and I edit mine out, obviously. So 
Yeah. He can edit it out, but sometimes there's things that you got to leave in. But but yeah. but I agree. There's a after a bit of time, you realize like if you are editing something, then it's like eh, it's you're getting a bit close mm. to it, but it's actually fine. Like it's it's done. It's done well. Um. Well, Dan, what inspired you to make your own? uh survivor lrg had you watched some backyard did you watch melbourne what what was your inspiration to to do your own yeah so i was actually watching funnily enough the next season that you're doing um backyard survivor season three um um andrew is on that season um and he was a big part of that season obviously and um we were watching it together and i was like why don't we do one here like you know we could do that that'd be fun um and then that's when I was messaging some friends, Jeremy, Liv, um, and some other people. And then it did snowball from there. People were like, yeah, that would be fun. Let's do that. Um, and all of a sudden, it was a thing that people were expecting to happen. And I was like, oh, shit, like, we've actually got to do this now because people <laughs> are expecting it to happen. And we had no idea what we were doing. Like, we turned up on that weekend. <laughs> like just thinking people would be in for a laugh honestly and like when that happened when um that first tribal council happened as you saw it play out which was so wild and everyone was taking it so seriously we're like oh people are actually taking this seriously this is great <laughs> now we need to um, take it seriously oh my god we haven't planned for this yeah we were like oh okay i guess like we have to be more serious now um no but yeah like it definitely just snowballed from there and then season one was so fun like it was just fun even with all of the rain that we had and all of the trouble with the weather we had it was a lot of fun um and the players were amazing um so yeah and then we continued to do it and it's obviously grown grown from there into something so, completely different <laughs> were you watching backyard exile because andrew was on it or and you obviously yeah so it? andrew was the one that recommended to, for me to watch it because he was um on that season and then i remember watching the first season the, the backyard survivor season one um i think at the same time as we were watching season three i was sort of watching them simultaneously um and i just thought it was the coolest thing um what brian and kyle were doing like it was just that really wholesome survivor experience like everyone was just having fun everyone was you know living out their dream of like playing survivor that like not many people get to do and in australia like not many normal people get to do and it was like we could give that experience to um people here as well um just not knowing people would take it so seriously <laughs> well and i know that a big crew of people that were creating and I think uh, Laurel was there too, um, that were creating Melbourne 3 playing with fire the season that I was on. I think it was only a week or two weeks after you mm. filmed. And I think that Liz was there, uh, Liam, um, Liz's husband, who was on Melbourne 2 and is part of the crew. Um, I think JP might have been there. Um, um, JP and, wasn't at the first one. Um, he, yeah. Liz, Liz Liam, Laurel, anyone else from Melbourne? Uh, yeah, I, that, I like that might be but how did how did they come you know that they had their own one only a week or two away which you know is mad preparation time that they've come up to Canberra mm. for the weekend to help you out how did you meet those people what made them come and want to help you out for your season so I had been 
getting a lot of advice from Liz in the lead up to the season because it, it was during that really heavy COVID time. So it actually from from planning or coming up with the idea of doing it to actually filming the season was about a year just because with COVID it kept getting delayed and whatnot. So I was talking to Liz um, and I knew Liz from at the time there were like online games, like a lot, a lot of online minis that were being played during COVID. So I knew Liz from that and she really helped um, with a lot of advice about just things that, you know, um, waivers and, you know, filming and audio and, and whatnot. So she was um, such a great resource to go to for me just to get, you know, advice on how what to expect and what to actually do. Um, and then I can't remember if I knew Laurel already as well. So Liz has flagged that Marty also crewed, but I don't think any particular franchise can lay claim to Matt C or Marty, as people call him, because he is the absolute crew god who goes around this country crewing everybody. Uh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. I remember that weekend. Like, I can't tell you how miserable the weather was. Like, it, it was so bad. Like, it was so bad. And you, you just... When I think back and I was like watching some of the footage, obviously since we've been going through it on this podcast and because I haven't watched it for a little while yeah. and it was so bad. And I remember seeing Matt and he was in his big trench coat, um, in his big Raiders, Raiders trench, trench coat. coat. Yeah. But wearing shorts. I just met him for the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just met him for the first time and just being like, who, who are these people who come to camera on a weekend like this? And put themselves through this like it was it was phenomenal to see that type of um dedication and i think he said to me that like that evening when we'd all wrapped and we were all hugging and it was like so emotional it was so much fun and he was like once you get he said something like you know once you get kind of bit with the survivor bug you just you just love it and you just can't stop and you just sort of keep going and i sort of have never forgotten him talking to me that night and just what that, yeah, what that meant and what the start of, you know, what that season kind of meant for, you know, Survivor Canberra. It was just, yeah. And the creation of your community, like every scene, every show has their own community, but then they all sort of smush into one big community. Yeah. Everyone is so positive about it. And it is a very positive community, which I think is really, it's really something you know these people, even though sometimes you haven't, met them in person like at, at drunk fiver uh, for tara's birthday in on saturday i just happened to be in melbourne so i, I did this two and a half hour drive down there and i'm i'm there with um you know matt p from sydney and who i drove down with because i met him when he crewed uh melbourne four and jules who played on melbourne four who i do this podcast with and then like cm who i haven't seen since he crewed playing with fire, but like I've played online with him. I've chatted with him online. Um, Marty, I've seen a lot. I, I met Kyle for the first time there, but you know, it feels like I know him from watching him and doing these interviews. Like it's really like, um, you know, these people, even though you don't know them and you don't need to see each other like every day to have this community. You can see them occasionally. And it's still, we all, we all love the same thing and we all want to make, we love survivor and we want to create these experiences for people where they can have a chance to have, have a game. I want to now ask you slightly about casting because Keegan showing up worrying about the weather. What what <laughs> what made you think as great as Keegan is, and he and he is great. Um, but uh, and I, I do actually think Keegan's 
a fantastic person, but why and a great player. But why did you give him a third shot? What was your thinking there? Cast issues or? Do you know what? No, we actually had a fair few men apply. The, yeah. the actual thing that I can remember thinking is that Keegan's going to add legitimate legitimacy to the season, like yeah. as a you know someone that's um, entrenched in the community and is known as a good player. I was like, he's going to give the season a shot in the arm regardless. Like, people might actually take this a little bit seriously seeing Keegan here. That was, like, mm. like that was actually my thinking um, when we cast Keegan, yeah. I think that's actually what it did. I think I think Keegan is, like, the Colby Donaldson of, of yeah. the <laughs> community in all ways. And uh, I think that he brings that, like, star power. Um, certainly after the game that he played in Yards Apart, which was an incredibly strong game. Um, but anyone knows he's so outdoorsy. He just has that mm. that survivor vibe. So no, I, I I like that reasoning. I think that's very true, and I think it did give it um, some legitimacy, and then that gives legitimacy to the other players and to you and what you're trying to create. So um, it's a fantastic answer. I have some production questions for you. Did you realize that the clues that you were making were ridiculously complicated, and no one's going to find the stuff? <laughs> they were though, I, like. <laughs> They were not hard to find. They, uh, and and I they were very insight. As well. They were <laughs> so easy to find. Like, where, what, was the, could... what was the water clue and where was the water idol? Oh, the I one remember. The the one, oh, that was at the beach. Yeah. Okay, that it one was wasn't hard. Bit. That one was this, a little bit hard. This no, the post oh, the this clue, maybe. It wasn't a big area, though, either. I've got to say, like... It might look like a big area on camera, but it wasn't a big area at all. Like, you could cover the whole area in a few minutes, right? Like, especially the shoreline. If it's, like, yeah. water, like, you could so cover that whole the shoreline. shoreline. Where, where was that idol? We never know. Because you, you didn't get the opportunity to do one of those little, like, survivor, like, flashes, you know, that they do. Like, when someone walks past it. I thought we like, did. Like, yeah. Um, it was it was at the beach. the Not the beach, but, like, where the sandy the the sandbar bank. was. The bank. The bank. Yeah. The Thanks. Yeah. yeah, and it was just under like a little bit of weed, um, but not that not that difficult to find. I think when Brad, there's one scene where Brad runs over there, and he when runs. People, you mean, right you mean when him over? Yeah, after that, just after that. After that, he, he yeah. literally walked past it. Um, but I think the rain probably didn't help either. Like people didn't get a chance to expand too much. But these these idle clues. Oh, idols weren't that hard to find. I promise. <laughs> I just, I just remember the the clue that I remember the clue Alex read out, and I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. And then somehow she found it, but we didn't see her finding it. Um, that was part of the surprise and no. tribal. Uh, and equally, the one that uh, Ben got at was it Ben? Yeah, at the hmm. swap about the tree in the bark. He didn't find that yeah, either. so I think that one was something about like high up in like a white tree or something. Yeah, yeah. And there was probably like five white trees in that whole site or, or at their camp. So I think these people just are a little bit blind and they need to get their eyes checked. So. <laughs> <laughs> Keegan has said that it was very obvious if you weren't near it, but he also hilariously has said that he thought he got on because he made an awesome video. Sorry. No, I mean, that too, that. that too. <laughs> um, well, maybe it's I guess hard as well. Oh, sorry. No, no, you say, Luke. I was just thinking, you know, um, I think Ben touched on this when he was on before, that it is such, like, it is a really condensed game, right? And 
we even shortened, like we've lengthened the time frame now in the, you know, later series sort of thing. And whereas we, we, we sort of kept it pretty short, I think in season one, just cause we sort of didn't know what we were doing. We were like, oh, we better get out of here before it's dark and we didn't have lights. Um, and so you do kind of, you, like we had to hurry people along and hurry things along. So, you know, do you search for an idol or do you sort of talk to people or, you know, I guess there's so much going through your head. I can see why you'd be like, oh, I can't find this idol. Like I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> Yeah, look, you know, the only time that I spent, you know, a long time looking for an eyes when I knew I was going, like, and I'm, I know I'm copping the votes here, so I might as well spend this whole time looking. But otherwise, you're right. You don't really have that opportunity to, to look in an in-depth way. More more production questions I have you. Ash once told me that it was always the plan to send them to hotels or wherever they were staying in their home on the night. Um, and some people have said, though, during the interviews here that no, there was a camping plan, but it was too wet. What, what's, the, what's the actual story here? Which was, which was the truth. So there was a campsite about five to 10 minutes away, which they were all meant to camp at. Um, but that was like on lower ground, um, than where we were. And it literally got washed out from the, the river that you can see yeah. in the show. Um, and there was so much rain, we thought, you know, it's not safe. Let's just get them into the city, into the YHA. Um, but they were meant to camp, yeah. Like those waivers did not cover washout from the river. <laughs> those waivers drowning, not- drowning. Oh, yeah. Did, and what was, what was the thinking about, or did that drive the decision to have them merge at the start of the second day? Or was that always the intent? Because uh, I think in season two, um, you merged them uh, before the the like at the end of the first day, so they have the night if they wanted to do something. And um, other seasons have done it that way as well. Was there a thinking on that, or was that just sort of what occurred? I think for me, and my memory is hazy on this hazy, one. Hazy, yeah. Um, but I think the idea was that we would stop filming because it was really pouring down really heavily at the end of day one. You can see in Carleen's tribal council that it was really coming down, bucketing. Yeah. And we thought, let's just stop filming now. Like, it's getting dark. Um, we could have filmed the merge then, but it was so wet that it would have been hard to film anything. Um, and there was a hope that we would wake up the next day and it would be sunny and... <laughs> you know, nice. <laughs> and then I remember like opening the blinds the next morning and it was coming down just as heavily. And it was like, well, fuck anyway. I remember we spoke <laughs> on the phone, Dan, at like 5am and I was like, do you reckon anyone's going to come? It is so <laughs> wet. Like, Nine please, people came. People will <laughs> not turn up. Well, we're doing it now. It is the third. Okay. So you say on the thing that, that Isaac wasn't feeling well and it was a COVID thing. And I felt, I saw that on the episode. I'm like, oh, Poor Isaac. I'm like, he's sick. And then it said in these times of COVID, I'm like, oh, yeah, I remember COVID now. Yes, that's very responsible of him to give up his spot in the game to make sure no one else gets sick. Uh, And then everyone who's come on this podcast is sure that he just went to some party and just woke up and was like, nah, can't be effed. These people are too cynical. You have to believe. You have to believe. Well, honestly, all I know is what Isaac's told me, right? And, like, I am one of those people that if people tell me something, but then if they come back a few weeks later, which he did, and he backed up the story, 
with the same thing. Um, he did go to a party that night. That's the truth. Um, but he said he woke up the next day feeling sick. Um, and he also didn't want to get other people sick. So that's, that's the story that he maintained weeks later. So that, you know, I choose to believe him, as I said to you, CK, whether it's the actual truth or not. I don't know. People lie all the time. <laughs> um, wouldn't have helped us, to be honest. <laughs> and, he, and he could have got sick from drinking too much. Like, that's also yeah. possible. <laughs> yeah, that is possible. Uh, yeah. And look, let's be fair to Isaac. He did us all um, an incredible favour because right. <laughs> he's there. The merge vote is less interesting because mm. the Reds just have stronger numbers. And then we don't get the Ghost Island finish. So um, he, the, the most iconic moment, moments of this season resulted from this nine-person merge. Um, and look, look, I, I don't, I can go two ways how he would have played because he seemed like someone who didn't know that game that well and might have just been a number. But then again, he was aligned with Ash and voted for her and then just told her about it. So he could have been doing all sorts of chaotic things at the merge. Also, yeah, I don't know if he would have been good or bad, but he did do us a service. Now. While we're talking about the production decisions related to the infamous merge vote, and Jules and I went to some, some detail about our, our opinion on this, why did you decide to break from set down established survivor rules and remove Brad's second vote on the revote? I honestly think I just thought that's how it worked. Like, and I think that the actual advantage was just a parchment. Like, the, the parchment came in the package. Yeah. And I think yeah. it was like, you can use this parchment to have an extra vote. So it wasn't like an extra vote where you, like in the Survivor traditional rules, it was just like an extra parchment to use at any stage. And that's that's what I, like, I'm sure we put the parchment in there um, in the actual package thing and yeah. that was just he's he was free to use that at any stage but i also and, don't think i really was that clear on the rules either <laughs> well look yeah, I'll tell you number one survivor does the extra parchment thing too but i think they would just give them another parchment at that point right, right. um and two this is not a rule that's that clear because i don't think it's mm. ever actually happened but it's been clarified on a number of like survivor podcasts about times when it almost happened and then like Rob Destinino is talking to the contestant and they're like, what would have happened? And he's like, oh, well, production said to me that I would have had a second. Yeah. So there's, right. it's not, it's not something that's actually super clear. Um, but, um, and you it's know, definitely people... something that's come up in the community after that season was filmed as well. I, and like, like yeah. after, after seeing that, I'm like, well, that makes a lot of sense. Like, <laughs> and if I had seen the discourse around it, before that, I probably would have done that, and it, it would have made for a more interesting vote as well. Except um, Dom doesn't get voted out there, and then it's maybe not as interesting. Yeah, but no matter where Dom gets voted out, like <laughs> he's going to create some sort of scene, right? It's going to be amazing be TV regardless, so it's fine. <laughs> it, it was it was such an incredible scene. Um, it was funny. You do you think? You can't... That is... Oh, sorry, I always talk. You just give me your words. Let me go. Interrupt <laughs> Do you me think that, um, I mean, it really was like, was such a learning. I think we talked about this the other week, Dan, that um, we kind of like you and I and everyone just went into this season. It was, we had just had no idea what was going to happen. And so have you used um, things like that scenario um, to then inform how you, you know, manage 
the game mechanics and stuff in the other seasons. You Thank know what you. it is, though, as well? Because I've been talking to this about the people that I come up with, like, do the game mechanics with um, now. Like, I didn't really have anyone to bounce ideas off then as well or to bounce game mechanics off there. And there's definitely decisions that I would have made in Season 1 and Season 2, to be honest, that would be very different if I had someone to bounce those ideas off. And whereas, like, in Season 3 and Season 4, the game mechanics and the decisions that are made are discussed at nauseum, like, mm -hmm. at nauseum. Um, and, like, I think that has helped, definitely. Um, but in Season 1, like, it may be if I had had someone to bounce those ideas off, it would have, you know, been better um, as far as those decisions being made. I, yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right. Um, people have an idea, you know, this is a great idea, what a great twist. Mm. And then you do need people to sort of like, well, what about X or how's that going to interact with Y? Like Dan, uh, you know, is not just hosting and running this amazing one with Liv, uh, came and helped crew Melbourne Survivor 4, which is yet to air. But as Dan knows from being there, there was quite a lot of intricate twists going on. And that was hours of debate between myself, mm. John, John Liu, um, JP and Vince, like about, you know, on a video call, this is my idea. And they're like, no, that's stupid. Or how's this going to work? How's that going to work? You know, there's, um, you have to have that to really tease through the, the working out. So I can appreciate that, you know, you're trying to throw everything together here and you just sort of, you know, you, you, there's so much organization and you probably didn't have the yeah. crew to delegate different things to. Um, so, you yeah, know. and you need you need someone to play devil's advocate and look at what, you know, with every twist or with every advantage, what's the worst case scenario or what's every scenario that can come from this? Um, and that's what we do now. And that's probably what you would do um, as well, CK. Like what what scenarios can come from this? And are they scenarios that we would like to have or are they, are they going to be bad for this season? Are they going to be good for the season? Um, and then decide if, you know, we should go ahead with it or not, obviously. Yeah. I say Mel's here and she's excited to see you live on the show. Um, but Mel, we didn't have words. Mel, Mel burned me in drunk whatever on the tide boat. Uh, <laughs> <On the tie -boat. laughs> Mel, Mel's a very experienced at drinking, so she probably would have rocked that season, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. She seemed very confused because uh, she went into the vote saying, because you get all the confessionals, that she there, there wasn't the numbers to survive to keep me, but there were the numbers. But she voted for me instead, so it's three. Oh, that's a lie. She's she's lying to you for sure. And then on the revote, she's like, "I'm going to flip my vote to CK." I'm like, "You voted for CK the first time." It's not a flip. Anyway, I don't know if she was super confused or what. She actually made for anyone that followed Drunk Vibe, Mel made the final three and lost by just a smidgen of two votes. That's a whole cast, oh. seventeen vote voting. Wow. She lost by two votes to wow. Mel. Well done, Mel. Yeah, right at the end of Drunk Wyver. So Drunk Wyver legend there. Um, yeah. Yeah, she said, shh, Dan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I'm with you. I don't think Mel's that dumb either. I think I think she's very smart. She's exactly yeah. what the yeah. she's doing. Knows what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, well, do you guys have anything else that you want to talk to about the season or, um, you know, your experience? We'll obviously be talking to you again uh, when we cover The Ultimate Sacrifice. Um, and obviously that's a whole different experience again with your learnings. But is there anything you want to talk about season one here um, before we finish up? 
you go live. I don't know. I think it's just, um, you know, I think it, it was, it's been fun. You know, I haven't recapped much of season one for a long time. It was really fun to go back and see where we've kind of been and to know now really in a pretty short space of time where this Survivor Canberra has got to. And I think, yeah, it's so many bloody good memories from that season. And I think given that it was the first one, given that you were kind of, like just throwing throwing it at the wall and hoping that something would stick. I mean, it was a pretty phenomenal season, amazing cast, every single person, an amazing crew as well. And, yeah, what fun. It was really good. And, you know, there's just been bigger and better things really since since that season. Oh, look, absolutely. I know I've only seen Ultimate Sacrifice, but that was a huge step up in terms of the production and that's not to knock anyone season one like your season one is your season one but you learn a lot of things and season two Ultimate Sacrifice was spectacular great cast great show and I am so excited to see um, Canberra versus the world and I know you've just filmed season four so when that comes out really excited to see these seasons as you guys uh, and your your production quality help improves the crew you have gets bigger you learn from experiences you've got more people to help you um you get a, perhaps a more interesting cast because you've got so many people to pick from or so many men to pick from and you know you got to <laughs> find the women still sometimes but you got a lot of men to pick from um and uh no, it's, absolutely cracking women as well yeah, look, like, I'm, not, I'm, not bad, I'm not saying there's bad women i'm never saying that what i would say is that the all the women that apply for Survivor, these are awesome because they're the sort of women that want to put themselves out there to do something like this. But mm. it's sometimes hard to find enough of them. That's just my personal experience. I'm not saying that's everyone's experience, but people have shared similar views with me about, but either every woman you do get is awesome because they're the sort of person that really wants to mm. throw themselves into this. Yeah. Yeah, and we had a great cast for season one, and I wish the production values were better to sort of match the gameplay um, and the yeah. cast that we had. Um, but at the same time, like, we went from, like, 10 crew members on season one. So to produce a season at all, um, there was a lot of stuff that you didn't see that didn't get um, yeah. that didn't get filmed, but, like, they captured as much as they could. They worked tirelessly in the rain um, and in the cold, uh, we've gone from 10 crew members to um, season four. We had 40 crew members. Um, and sometimes there wasn't even jobs to do for people. Um, so, you know, without um, season one and the crew that we had and the cast that we had, we wouldn't have a season four and we wouldn't, we wouldn't have, more importantly, the community that we have in Canberra now. Um, and I think that's the most important thing that we got out of this. Like, we got a community of great people, you know, that love Survivor, um and they just you know love to have fun and get out there and do stuff so yeah and also thank you ck for doing this um you're you've been amazing um doing these podcasts um which has really been so fun to watch um so yeah thank you to you as well for doing this no i, I appreciate well, thank you Liv, and thank you dan um the whole reason I'm doing this is so I can be on TV for an hour every week. No, the, reason, the whole reason I'm doing this is because, yeah, some of these, a lot of people haven't watched these seasons or haven't watched them all or haven't um, had that opportunity to go because they only joined the community later. 
or they've only watched Canberra because they're in Canberra, but they haven't really checked out Backyard. And, you know, we're all busy people and it's hard to find the time. And this is a chance to, even if you don't watch it all, but it's to watch a bit of it and you can get it more summarised in our podcast form. If you watch it one day, there is a podcast. I want to bring people that are in the community that haven't been part of the community for the whole period to get that chance to get that exposure. But I also wanted to have that opportunity with people that were on the season because I know I know you guys have your own uh, podcast that you do um, with Milo and, uh, you know, some things do that. And Backyard had a little bit of coverage on, on this library of the games, but not heaps. But not everyone got that full Survivor experience where you had the episode aired and then you got booted and then you got to have an interview and people to watch someone talk about your game and the way you played. And I thought this was a good opportunity, particularly for those older seasons, for everyone. It's not everyone, but, you know, we had we've had – on this thing, we've had Aston, we've had Dom, we've had Hoppo, we've had Ash, we've had um, uh, Jeremy, and now we've had um, uh, Ben. So everyone, you know, get that chance to just come on and talk about your game a little bit. And I just wanted to give those people that played earlier the opportunity to have that little moment of, of you know, someone reflecting on what you did um, that they didn't get back in the day because no one was, you know, doing that sort of thing back then. And, and yeah. even from the season as well, like there were there were rounds where people maybe got skipped in confessionals because maybe they weren't a part of the main storyline or, you know, there just wasn't enough time. So, you know, some of those people may have not been able to explain their games on camera as well as they maybe could have. Um, so even for them to be able to go through this um, mm. after maybe not getting enough time or airtime on the season, I think that's really useful for them as well. So that's awesome. Mm. Mel would like a one versus two versus three versus four season. She's just angling for another shot, just FYI. <laughs> and the orca of the season wants to know who's coming back for All Stars. He really just wants to hear one name, and um, that's his own. But yeah, that'd be. Mm. Okay. Uh, and I believe, there... I believe um, Liv's taking care of the cast for All Stars. I'm sort of taking a step back from casting. Are you, are you, doing, are you doing an All Stars? Are you doing an All Stars? Uh, yeah, look, I've never. Um, made it a secret um we would like to do six well i would like to do six seasons <laughs> i would like to do six seasons i would like to do a newbie season season five and finish with an all-stars on season oh, six and, so and then you finish it uh, yeah I, I think so i think so yeah yeah i mean we'll yeah. see how how we are doing when we get there but that's uh for me i like to have a light at the end of the tunnel um just to know all the work there's a culmination of the work as well um so for me when you know, there's long days of editing and planning that yeah. um, that light at the end of the tunnel does help, I think, as well. It makes a lot of sense, you know, absolutely. You know, we all do this in our spare time. Mm. It's a lot of time. You can't do it. You can't do it forever. It doesn't mean you're never not going to do it again, but equally I think it makes mm. sense to you have a plan like that. That's really exciting. I think that All-Stars will be really exciting when you get to that that final season um, and can really pull together the story that you, you started telling here and that we're going to see through the, the rest of the season. So excited for that in the future. Um, so thank you, Dan. Thank you, Liv, so much for coming on. It was great to meet you, Liv, virtually, and to see you again, Dan. Um, uh, we'll be catching up with you again, of course, at another point. Uh, but for those that are looking for the next segment, we are moving on to Backyard Survivor 3 Exile. I think that I, if I can binge it, which I'll try to, we might have the um, season recap before Christmas and then some of the extra activity with it after Christmas and then uh, in January. And then from February, I want to roll into um, the, the sort of top seven uh, as we count them down. Um, and I know, you know, 
I think there's a really good seven coming in and I'm really looking forward to, like I don't actually finish Exile, so I'm looking forward to watching that. Now I actually hadn't finished this season, as Dan knows, um, and I've never finished Brisbane actually either. So there's a few of these seasons that I that I haven't watched before just because there was so much going on. With mm, different a lot of content. Yeah, um, and part of why I did this, of course, I reached out to everyone. I reached out to Dan, I reached out to Kyle, uh, and I'm like, when is your next season coming out? anytime soon they're like no and i'm like you know what i'm gonna throw this into this gap to keep this community going while there's no season so um it might be we get some overlap but regardless um it's it's so good to uh be part of this and i really appreciate your gratitude i appreciate everyone that is on the chat each and every week i appreciate everyone that listens to this at another time um whether they're running or exercising or doing housework or commuting or what have you know that people do that but it's always great for the people that can attend live and um uh, comment as we go. Uh, Mel loves that when she's doing it. She didn't love. She didn't love enough to you know not vote for me. But but she loves <laughs> that we're doing it. Again. Um, <laughs> uh, no, it it is really good. So thank you to everyone, um, and uh, we'll catch you soon on our next program where we'll be covering Backyard Season Three. Thank you, love CK. It. Thanks, CK.